Alright, you're currently listening to Sound Sessions. Sound Sessions. Sound Sessions. Sound what? Sound Sessions. Sound Sessions. You're listening to the sweet sounds of Sound Sessions. Thank you. Hey, what's going on? This is Rick. And this is Ken from the Imperial Sound. You're listening to Sound Sessions. All right. Everybody, this is Michael Heidemann, your host of Sound Sessions here on WGN Radio. And let me tell you, I am so stoked to be sitting with our guests here today. I've been spinning this album all day. And let me tell you, I was in kind of a rough mood at the beginning. And then once I started spinning the album on SoundCloud, I, I was just put in a better place. It was just so smooth. And I have these two men to thank. Ken and Rick from the Imperial Sound. They got the new album coming out. Uh, it's actually out right now, The New AM. What's going on, guys? Hey, how you doing? Yeah, um, thanks for having us on the show. Total, total pleasure. So tell me how this album came to be. It's because I'm kind of new to your your sound. I know you guys have probably played in multiple bands, I'm guessing, and been around for years. What is it, what is it about this vibe that's, that's feeling so right for the new AM? Man, it just kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, we uh, started out, uh, hadn't played together in a while. Uh, Ken and I and kind of looked at each other and we're like let's let's just start a, a new project and it just kind of turned into something that was uh, you know a lot more successful than I think even we expected so mm-hmm. yeah it was yeah. just kind of a feel-good record like you yeah. know like you said it made you feel better and that's kind of what we wanted to do is just like make a joyful mm-hmm. uh, you know, beautiful sounding record with horns and there's so much hate out there, right? Yeah, there's a lot there's of, so much there's a lot of right. nasty stuff out there. <laughs> yeah, we we actually it's a conscious kind of uh, you know refuge from a lot of bad vibes. So mm-hmm. you know, it's not it's not all sunshine and, and lollipops, but it's a pretty up record. Yeah. Yeah, right from the start, you get that great feeling, that great jazzy vibe, and I'm guessing that's thanks to Kelly Hogan, Ronaldo D- Domino, Peter Himmelman, and Dag Julin. Those are all uh, guests who appeared okay. on the album. Yeah, absolutely. Singers, uh, most of them. Yeah, there's, there's six core members of the band, mm-hmm. and then for certain songs, we brought in some guest singers, like you said, Kelly Hogan, mm-hmm. Nora O'Connor, Well, we thought it would be a good uh, good song for them to sing and we asked them to do it and so that's why we were there are a lot of really really great guests on it that lend their talents to the record mm-hmm. who was that singer on that first song that you guys had that's nora o'connor okay yeah. man smooth vocals just great seamless uh, production which you guys had with that great kind of 60s jazzy vibe for that song it's a real up song and i mean and it's not you know we recorded it uh, at a real, you know, with a sort of indie process almost, or uh, should I say, like, uh, what's the best way to? You might want to rewind this part. Um, <laughs> um, you know, we don't have, a, we didn't have a huge budget. Yeah. Okay. Right. We went in, um, and we've been recording together for for years, and we took the same approach. You know, a couple three takes. You know, if it sounds good, we roll with it. Mm-hmm. If we have an idea, we try it. But we don't you know spend a huge amount of time and money and when Nora came in and sang that song it just sort of you know just came together almost like magically without a whole lot of effort mm-hmm. without a whole lot of money or a whole lot of time you know it was just kind of like perfect that moment that must be the best feeling you're yeah. saving money and time when someone has a <laughs> you know a voice that just like falls into the groove like that mm-hmm. it just it's just a really beautiful thing that wow. you can 
you know, yeah, you, it's a natural thing, mm-hmm. and it, it really for for that song worked well with the horns too, because almost every song has horn hooks in it, in them, and uh, you know, the matching of her voice and and the and the horn part, uh, yeah, it just kind of just came together. So um, I, I see here on the list what you guys play, but why don't you tell our listeners what you guys are experts in? Experts? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Nothing. Or, <laughs> I mean, uh, I, pl- I play the piano and the organ mm-hmm. and sing a little. Rick here is the primary songwriter and guitarist mm-hmm. and, and uh, singer. Mm-hmm. And then we, we also have uh, Gary Elvis Sheepers on the bass. We have uh, Dave Smith on the saxophone, Dave Weiner on the trumpet, and our, our drummer is uh, Matt Favaza. Like I said, the core members of the band. We're a six-piece band. Mm-hmm. But we we bring in uh, like friends and, and singers to sing gigs with us, like... Uh, you know, as 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 they're available. Yeah. Are you guys originally from Chicago? Where are you guys from? Um, well, yeah, we, we, we met in college near Chicago, and then we moved here um, in the 80s, and uh, Ken here started Profta Records, mm-hmm. which is a store and a label. Um, actually, we both started it, and uh, we had a store uh, right next to Metro on Clark Street. Really? Um, yeah. What yeah. Would, And Many what did years. the store entail? It was a record store. Yeah. What, what's that? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was a vinyl, big black disc. We sold these big black records, <laughs> and, and, mm-hmm, you know, 12 mm-hmm. inch records. And then uh, we had that for about seven years. And uh, and then we were also running, operating as a record label at the time. So we were, we, were, we were busy running the label, running the record store. And then we were also in a band called The Service mm-hmm. that was touring the country quite often. And uh, we were busy. Busy yeah, boys. so we were doing all that, and always we've been in a band together, like you know, since we since we've met. Mm-hmm. They, they've they've evolved into like three or four different bands over the years. So this is our latest you know, version of our of our band. Mm-hmm. Man, so you guys meet, and then you were you were able to be in these bands together, and then create a business from rock and roll and just music that you were living the dream and you still are to this day how good does it feel when you when you met somebody because i know when we talk to a lot of groups it's all about finding the right people and totally and how how important is that to you like and how lucky do you feel that you uh, that you found rick and and rick that you found he's Ken. he feels lucky every day that he found <laughs> me. so lucky that i found rick by the drinking fountain in the dormitory yeah is that uh, where it was yeah it was okay. um we were we were punks when there were very few punks you know at our at our school and uh we sort of you know found each other through music really and that was the start of it and you know, through one in one form or another, we've sort of kept things going for for a while. We were after the service, we started the New Duncan Imperials together, mm-hmm. and that was, uh, you know, quite an adventure. It was a long run. <laughs> it was very fun, and we, yeah. you know, got to travel the world playing music and make it our life, you know, our, our lives. And uh, yeah, so and that was, and that went on for a while, and then you know, like I said, that sort of pulled back a little bit other things came up you know family that kind of thing mm-hmm. and um, but we still kept that going but then this so this band the, the the imperial sound is kind of you know it's it's kind of a resurrection of of what we were doing before but with a totally different sound a totally different uh, approach to songwriting you know um uh so so there's like this communication that we share and this uh 
you know, set of uh, like what we like in music and what we think is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, yeah, it's, it's, it's still there. Basically, revived our our musical partnership. Mm-hmm. We've, we've like I said, he's, we've always been working on projects, but this new project, the, the Imperial Sound, kind of revived revived everything that that we've always you know been doing in kind of a really you know, ener- you know, exciting, energetic way. And unexpected, us. too, honestly. Because yeah. when we started this band, the first few shows and practices and songs we did, it, it, it you know, it, we had no idea where it was going to go. Yeah, we were mm-hmm. trying to figure out what it was. Yeah, we had no career plan at all, as mm-hmm. usual. We just sort of stumbled into <laughs> what sounded cool, mm-hmm. you know. And um, uh, and then after a little bit, it's like, wow, this is pretty cool. And um then the song started popping up, and we got the horn section, which uh, we have to give a lot of credit to uh, the Daves, Dave Smith and Dave Weiner, because those guys are, they you know they share a musical history too. They sound awesome together. And um, when I write a song, I just come up with like a horn part. Basically, when I get stuck and I don't know what to do next when I'm writing, I'm just mm-hmm. like, let's have the horns do something, do 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 do, and I hand that to them, and. Um, turn around and it just comes out as this really cool uh thing that they can do so you're doing a lot of composition on the spot then almost with the no not really actually i come in with a song pretty well formed in my mind Mm -hmm. and uh and sort of show people what i have in mind and uh it's not really on the spot but there are some things that that are changed and and sort of devised you know in the moment when we're down in the basement you know, making noise. Yeah, I mean, every song evolves mm-hmm. to some know, degree. Yeah, into something maybe slightly different than it it was. Okay, but it's based on the original concept. Mm-hmm. And then you know, I love I love how songs come together like that. You know, it's because it's just you you don't know what direction it's going to go with, and usually it just starts with a riff or maybe mm-hmm. like a little dee dee like melody, and then all of a sudden it just takes shape, and then and then at the end of the day you're like, wow, it's oh, it's almost like writing a book. There are all kinds of ways that it can happen. I mean, I, sometimes I drive into driving my car. I'm a school teacher. I'm driving to work, and all of a sudden, it's just like this song is like whoop. You mm-hmm. know, it's all right. So I like pull over and I like sing it into my phone or something. You know, and yes. that happens. And then sometimes I w- walk in and we have like this part that we just hammer out for a while and work it out. So it comes all kinds of ways. But yeah, it's it's not like you sit down like I'm going to write a song today. You know, mm-hmm. that doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. Usually it, it, it's you have to be open to it for when it ever, ever shows up. And then when you when you have ideas in your head and then you bring them to the actual band members, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it changes. Sometimes it, it doesn't work at all. Than it did in your head. Yeah, sometimes well, we're not doing that song. <laughs> and it's always the ones you're like, "Oh, this song kicks ass. This is the best song ever." And yeah, and you know, it's I guess it's kind of banal, but I mean, but you you, you come in, you're like all excited and it's just not happening and it's heartbreaking, you know? Mm-hmm. You're like, "Yeah, you're really excited for this song to work and and there's like this cold feeling kind of in the room and it's like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> All right. It's like, how long do you want me to play this bass line? Yeah, just, like, guys, yeah, just like, I'm going to let you off the hook. You don't have to play it anymore. I get it. This is dead. You know. Mm-hmm. I, I, Well, as a songwriter myself, I, I play music uh, around here in the city. And I was in bands growing up. And, of course, I had that punk background, too. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the kids with the suspenders and, like, the the slicked back hair. I was always into that. I mean, I, I see that we kind of share the same influences, too. But I know when you're thinking 
this is going to be my radio hit. This right. is this is going to change the world. These lyrics together are something that no one's ever explained. And then you bring mm-hmm. it into the studio, and and then by the end of the recording process, you're like, what was I thinking? It's just a dead fish, mm-hmm. you know. And then on the flip side, the song that you're like, yeah, this is all right, that takes off, mm-hmm. and everyone is like, yeah, finding their part, and yeah. So as you know, as rewarding as songwriting is, a lot of the time, it's it's you know, you're never really confident or know for sure that you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like, do you feel that same way as well? Yeah, I mean, like I said, a song evolves in a weird way every time you present it. And sometimes, like, the littlest guitar riff becomes, like, the main hook of the song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, the chorus just is, you know, something you want to just, it sticks in your head and you, you'll be thinking about it for days. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that. To me, that's a successful riff. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't get it out of your head. So th- those things started happening with this record where, like, we would record a song and then we'd, I couldn't get out of my head for, for days. And, I'm and, like, oh. and it wasn't like, I hope at least, it wasn't like one of those like things that you want to get out of your head, but mm-hmm. you can't, you know, that... Like that Cars for Kids song that gets oh, stuck in my geez, head. That's, yeah, there are problems that's with brutal. that sometimes. They, yeah, it they, can be. Actually, you can like write a hook that is too good, sort mm-hmm. of, right? And won't go away. And then yeah, that's annoying. Not, you don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they probably play that song on repeat in hell, I'm guessing. <laughs> I, I would think that and that Four Non Blonde song. But that's me. Maybe that's just me. I What's up? Dude, yeah. I, <laughs> But everyone has their their thing. I just I don't want our songs to turn into that kind of thing for mm-hmm. people. So, but at the same time, like like Ken says, you want that hook to get in there and 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 matter, you know, and mm-hmm. and, and and work. Um, so yeah, this I mean I, we're really proud of this record. You know, these twelve songs all have that quality. I think of mm-hmm. catchiness without being cloying or too sweet or too stupid. What kind of sound are you looking for? Because when I was listening to the album, um, I listened to it like all day today. And, and when Heather, uh, our good friend Heather, had sent it over, I was I was just enraptured by it. Uh, I see some of your influences are Todd Rundgren, Carol uh, King, of course, the replacement Elvis Costello, mm-hmm. who was just here in Chicago at Riot Fest. Yeah. Um, did you guys go and see him? No, um, I. Don't go to shows. <laughs> it's, it's too in inside yeah. baseball. My kid goes to shows. I think we had a gig that night. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was busy. We had our own gig. Uh, yeah, uh, there were uh, people at our show too. You know, not just Elvis's show. <laughs> uh, he, he's uh, we were uh, we we're always competition. Us and us and Elvis trying mm-hmm. to outdraw each other. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you know, um, yeah, that dude's still out there. He's still making albums. He's still, you know, yeah. headlining Riot Fest. I, I can't believe that. Um, and to claim him as an influence, you know, I think that's. It's very accurate for this album. Um, we're both, you know, we were new wave kids way back and, and that stuff and replacements. My God, I mean, mm-hmm. we wanted to be the replacements, you know, in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. So, Do you guys remember just taking it farther back now, like way back before the punk roots and everything set mm-hmm. in, in stone? Do you remember that first album that your mom or dad might have put on the record player? And you're like, wow, this is something that I could really see myself doing in the next few years. Uh, well, my mom or dad didn't have a record player. They they had a uh, a radio on the uh, living room uh, mantelpiece mantel <laughs> <laughs> that my dad turned on every day. My dad was a big music fan, he, and he liked Broadway tunes and okay. basically elevator music. So yeah. I wasn't really influenced too much by my parents' taste in music. 
it just kind of developed when I joined the school band, the jazz band. You know, I became the piano player for the jazz band, and you know, had a lot of friends, and started a rock band in high school. So, I but I do remember go- going to a record store after I got my turntable mm-hmm. in uh, high school, and uh, I'm kind of embarrassed to say that the the first record I bought, I'm not sure why, was Street Survivors by Leonard Skinner. Okay, okay. That's kind of tragic. That's but a badass record <laughs> yeah. to buy. That's awesome. Man, for your first record, too, and yeah. you're, you're growing up on Broadway songs, and you go straight to Skinner? Uh, yeah, I bought I bought a Skinner record, <laughs> and I bought, and then I bought a Beatles record. And then I, I like, bought the seven-inch record of S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y Night by Bay City Rollers. <laughs> yeah, I did oh, have 45s, like, you know, yeah. uh, Rock Your Baby, and uh-huh. uh, yeah. you know, Come and Get Your Love, and some great... Yeah. I had some seven OJ's, inches. Seven you buy at oh, drugstores. Oh, they had a big bin for yeah. seventy nine cents of forty right. uh, fives. Man, I wish I would have grown up in that time frame because I would have had the biggest record collection, especially with bands like the OJ's, like you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. I, th- to write a song that could last fifty plus years—that's th- what that's a special the, gift. That's the goal, right? As a yeah. songwriter, you know how it feels. It's like it, what you, you want to write a good song, but you really want to write one that people will be listening to. Mm-hmm. You know. For, for years and decades, and that's very difficult. <laughs> they they say that, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody couldn't even be sold at at the time because no one thought that it would even make sense. You know, they played that song. on WLS, which is where I got all my musical influences. They played it, but only at night. And so I would, like, hear this weird song, mm-hmm. like, half asleep. And I thought I was dreaming it for, like, weeks. I, I was... I wasn't sure if it was real. And then it got popular enough, they started playing it during the day. But because it was so long and weird, WLS, I found that out, like they wouldn't play it at the, during the day. So, yeah, but I mean, that that song alone is just, you know, enough to keep your musical influences rolling for, you know, forever. Right? It, it, it's just so many different pieces. Um, now, going back to the album, the new AM, which just came out on Pravda Records. Am I saying that correctly? Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. Pravda Records. Uh I got to know who was spinning Beatles Revolver uh, during that time, and who was listening to the the, the Billy Preston albums. Uh, Billy Preston is him. <laughs> yeah, I was a big Billy Preston. Huge, fan. yeah. He's uh, he was an amazing organist for for me. Um, I'm a big fan of the B3, the Hammond B3, mm-hmm. and I, I I played it on the record. Okay. So he's got yeah, that that kind I, of hopping uh, style, you yeah, know. That he, um, he had a groove. You know, way better than my groove. <laughs> well, we try. Uh, he, I was, yeah. I'm, I mean, I wouldn't say we're like the hugest Beatles fans mm-hmm. in the world, but that came more in the know. production, I think, and yeah. some of the background vocals, which we, you know, added on afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's another case where a song can be one thing, but then you put like on daylight from the album, and you know, it was a cool song and it sounded really pretty, and then um, we had. Um, who was singing back? Was that Nora or maybe Kathy? Yeah, we had several um, girls singing on that. Mm-hmm. And they put in those, yeah, those parts in the background, which were written in the studio. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, it'd be really cool if they did this. And to me, it's like when I listen to that song now, I, those parts are what, like, lift the song up to another level. Yeah, it's of, yeah. subtle production parts. Yeah, that. and that, that to me is sort of where our, our, our Beatles yeah, uh, influences Yeah, the Beatles production influence happened. Yeah. That, that, that's hard. It sounded great, and, and the thing is, it immediately gets into your head, and and you get it stuck there, which is a great opening song. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you put a lot of time and effort into which song is going to go where on the album? Yes, <laughs> uh, we are really embarrassed so to say how much we had a we had so many sequences to the album. 
Um, there were some days when all I did was sit around and write different orders. Of, yeah, and he we would do, do it too. There's a lot of concepts. With should we start slow? Should we start hard? Should mm-hmm. we start loud? Should we start? You know, and there's uh, no one right. There's no like one hit. It's not like you know, in a big country by big country from the album Big Country. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like all twelve songs are potentially could start the album. Mm-hmm. But if you use this one, then you're sort of saying we are this sort of hard charging band. Or if you use this one, it's like we're this mellow band. So it was. And then you got to come up with the second song, which is <laughs> <Yeah>. almost <laughs> yeah. almost and, as weird and hard as this. Yeah. Like, okay, we did that. But but what second? Mm-hmm. Because that's even like you know. And yeah, and, and then important. you know too, like seven, eight, nine. It's a good chance people won't listen to those. Mm-hmm. You know, even fans may not get to those. So you don't want to like put the ones you these songs you love them. You don't want to just relegate them to like you know the back seat mm-hmm. forever and ever. I don't know. So it's it it yeah. It's very difficult. But we actually ended up the last song on the record. We ended up turning into a single and and a video. Um, yeah. So. I don't know. It, it, you know, it can go anyway. I like that because I, I find that seven is a good place for the ballad. Three is a good place for the pop. And yeah. then I feel like the last song always needs to be the song that's going to stick with you where it's like, it's like, yeah, you like this album, but wait till they get really emotional. Yeah, on the, the, last the last song, song it fades out. <laughs> yes. You know, and it's got to fade out. <laughs> we only had one song on the record do a fade out. Mm-hmm. So we wanted, let's make that last. It's like train in vain. On it's on vinyl it. too. You know, and you want idea. that last oh. song. When it's on, you know, twelve-inch vinyl, to just kind of fade out. I, I love know. that. For me, that was kind of nice. Mm. Uh, the album is fantastic. It's called the New AM. Um, guys, we have a lot of people, a lot of young people who listen to this show, and mm-hmm. they are sitting in their parents' basements or in their garages right now, thinking, uh, "Man, I wish I met somebody by the water fountain right now, so I could, I could create a, <laughs> a great bandwidth." But what kind of advice would you give to these young and up and up and comers who are writing music and wanting to pursue uh, a life in the music industry? Oh man! Don't listen to anyone. You know, don't listen to anyone uh, who. What do you mean, like your parents? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I Teachers, mean. Teachers, don't don't friends. listen to them because um, people are always going to have an opinion about what you do. They're going to um, good and bad. You know, you kind of got to shrug that off and just do whatever um, feels and sounds right to you. You know, just uh, make make write great songs and and make good music and practice all the time and take it seriously Mm -hmm. but don't take other people's uh you know opinion or what they say too awful seriously Mm -hmm. yeah and the uh, i think it's important to really find people to collaborate with that Mm -hmm. you, you you know you you can work with and uh exchange ideas and you know have a a really kind of fun relationship with like we we've, we've always had fun doing what we're doing mm-hmm. it's it's mm-hmm. it's not about just business or stuff. it's just just like we, it's not we, even just about music you know right. actually it's like a shared like sense of humor a shared patience with each other it's like you know it's a good relationship it's a good yeah if you find the right people to collaborate with to enhance what you're doing mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. make it better uh, that's that's a plus. I mean, you can you can do it on your own if you're like an amazing songwriter. And now you know the, the business is a lot different now, obviously, than it was when mm-hmm. we started making records. Mm-hmm. But that can only like help because you have more of a reach with yeah. your music to get it out there to people. Back in the day when we started making records, you know, it was it was more difficult to have people 
find out about you. You had to go on the road like all the time, and mm-hmm. you know there was there was no internet to spread the word about your music. Now there is, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You, you, people are finding out about our band, the Imperial Sound, in, in Spain, in Brazil, in, in Italy, and they're loving it, and we're getting a lot of good good reactions from people that otherwise wouldn't, wouldn't have heard it. So it's the new, the new uh, music business is actually very... It's very good for young young songwriters and and bands mm-hmm. because they can really spread the word easier. And they can, yeah. I mean, you can record your own music now. I mean, I, I know I sound like a fogey, but back in the day, it was <laughs> like you had to wait till your album came out, and it was so such a long wait, and mm-hmm. you know, it was agonizing. And you'd get it, and you're all excited, and and um, yeah. If I were starting out now, man, I would just like constantly record and constantly revise and constantly mm-hmm. make new versions and just constantly um, hand it out and, and push it out and send it out. Build and, up a huge library of yeah, just just stuff. just make it a gigantic body of work, you know, and and don't and don't re- refuse or or um, disown any of it, you know. Just make it all make it all work. I love it. I love it. That is Ken and Rick from the amazing Chicago group, The Imperial Sound. You guys have to listen to this album. It's called The New AM. I'm holding it right here in my hands. Great artwork. It's getting me hungry. Got some strawberries yeah. right here. Right. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us here on Sound Sessions. Oh, thanks for having us. Thanks. We had the whole world between us, a wide open sky. Love was so easy. We did. Can't get enough of Sound Sessions? Like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at SoundSeshPod, and check us out on Instagram 